on this very special presentation of AV Nation, we talk about the Samsung purchase of Harman International. It's a boisterous conversation with a very large round table. Will it mean the end of commercial audio or will it mean a new beginning? The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special AV Nation broadcast. I'm your host, George Tucker, today, and we're here to talk about the Samsung acquisition of Harman. If you read the news today, Samsung for $8 billion. That's with a B, people, bought Harman International and all of its assets. Here to discuss this with me and figure out what this means for the integration world and for the AV and electronics world in general is a raft of guests with great opinions. So let's start from the left to the right. We have Chris Netto. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, George. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Also, David Dento. Good to see you, sir. Greetings. Thanks for inviting me. All right. John Green from Aspenis TV. How are you, sir? Great, George. Thanks for, thanks for the invite. It's going to be a great discussion. Okay. And we also have Melissa Dillman. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Also, Mark Coxon. How are you, sir? I'm feeling like the lone mutt invited to an AKC show. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> we also have the host of Rosie Week, Matt Scott. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, inviting us. All right. And rounding out this fine round table is Mr. Michael Shen. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks, George. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's get to the first part of this. Uh, they bought them for $8 billion. Every single periodical and news organization stated that it was for their car acquisition, which if many of you out there don't know, that's actually one of the larger part of Harman International's business. And uh, IoT. Which, and IoT, yes, we'll get there. We'll get there. So to start this off, Mr. Shen, I'm going to start with you. Why do you think Samsung went so actively after Harman in this instance? I think Samsung sees a value in the uh, in the patents that Harman holds um, for everything that is automotive, and I think that they see you know as we we talk about self-driving cars, we talk about nav systems, we talk about uh, audio systems in vehicles. Uh, you know they're they're seeing a great value to that as their next step in the marketplace. Uh, they've been dealing with some stuff uh, as we know, and hopefully this doesn't mean that cars are going to start exploding, but. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely something that uh, would would be attractive uh, if I were working for Samsung, and I think it's uh, I think it's a great move for them. Yeah. So, but so the car business is is a huge part of that. David, I'm going to throw this over to you for a moment. Speaking of IoT, they say that there's a lot of IoT in this. So, where do you see this beyond the car? Is it is it just the in, in, inside of the car, or is there something more to it? Well, you know, the, I found it interesting that they referred to Harman as an automotive company in all the initial press releases, and that's what's been picked up by all the mainstream media. The Verge had that out last night at about four in the morning. Um, it's interesting because I just got back from uh, CBS Veiled in New York last week, and, and think about it. When was the last time we ever were sold cars about how good the motor was or how safe they were, how good the airbags were? Cars are now a consumer electronics product. 
there are more automobiles being shown at CES um, than there are at any other automotive show on the planet, which is an amazing statistic that they came out with last week. So it's not an insignificant thing, but it's more than just cars. Because, again, if you think of a car as not four wheels and an engine, that's the stuff they don't even talk about anymore. If you think of a car as the box that holds all of these electronics, now you're talking about an IoT play. Now you're talking about an artificial intelligence play. Now you're talking about the very tight connection that Harman has with IBM Watson and all the interesting things that they're doing there. Now you're talking about a, a technology ecosystem that's around consumer electronics, which is really the most valuable part of the Harman Prize. There's a lot of other great components and companies and, 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 and brands that are there as well, but it isn't in, incorrect to call them an automotive IoT company. That's really part of everything that they're providing to the markets now. So John, I'm going to throw, throw a little bit of a curveball at you. Uh, David talks about IoT, IoT. it's not just in the car, it's not just in the home. Uh, have we been ignoring, say, the best buys in their car fitting uh, divisions too long? But what does this really mean to a, an integrator uh, that they're doing this and they want to put that there? Uh, uh, we, David and I were on a panel in Atlanta, what is about a week ago? We started talking about this. I think that uh, I think that the AV market has bumped up against IoT conversations, but hasn't taken it seriously. Just kind of jams it right into our faces. Uh, but the, one other comment that I have to make is, is that on the, I think that Samsung's purchase of Harman is, is also buying a relationship that it currently has with the car companies. And also, it's just basically trying to fit itself into a higher food chain on the supply side. Um, I think that Harman owns a, a pretty deep relationship with an awful lot of car companies right now. And this is a nice little niche fit. Hmm. So, Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss this to you. Yeah, just before you do, you can't necessarily call it a niche fit though when you're talking about the car market because that is one of the biggest sales bombs. It's one of the places where people use AV in all reality the most beyond maybe their mobile device. And when you look at who they're they're partnered with, they're in almost every brand. Of, of car manufacturers it's a huge deal that they've that they've gone down this road yeah i didn't mean to imply that niche meant small <laughs> good point good point john well that brings me to a, a topic though that we are a small industry we're in the niche industry as much money as we may make in this industry compared to other ones we're very very small and Harmon contains a lot of very small av companies uh, and my question really comes down to what does that mean for us? And what does that mean that they're going with those items? Uh, I'm going to throw this to, uh, well, Mark, you know, we haven't heard from you. You are actually part of a company that has actually had acquisitions and mergers in the past and successfully done so. How do you see this sort of rolling out for both of these companies? It's not an easy task to accomplish. Um, no, it's a, it's a very hard task to accomplish, especially with companies that are so big, I would say. Um, I happen to work for Milestone and we are fairly small companies comparatively. We have no bees in our illions at Milestone. And so, you know, uh, you know, with groups of 100, 200 people within small companies all integrating together, we actually can have some communication. Um, when you have billions of dollars, when you have Samsung, who's $320 billion and Harman, who's $8 billion and their car division, that's $3 billion. That's thousands of people that have to try to turn the corner together. And I think that makes it extremely difficult to all get on the same page. Um, 
you know, as opposed to some of the smaller acquisitions that we see. So it'll be interesting to see if they can do it. I know when I was at IBM, the biggest problem we had was, you know, ThinkPad team didn't talk to ThinkVista, um, you know, or to NetVista or to, to NetFinity <laughs> or to any of the other teams that we had when I was at IBM. And so our desktops and our laptops never did things together like they were supposed to. And our servers never did either, which is why they sold everything to Lenovo. So will Harman uh, be pieced out? A lot of people think so, um, that those audio brands, that billion dollars worth of business may be pieced out. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so personally. I think a billion dollars in cash flow is a hard thing to give up for anybody. So um, I think they'll keep them around, but maybe let them run independently. Go, so Mike. Mark, Mark, do you, do you think that uh, there is a sincere possibility of, of breaking everything that's non-automotive out? Is that what you're suggesting? Uh, I'm not saying that that's going to be broken out in the deal of the acquisition. What I'm saying is, is that if the strategy and some of the guys I heard earlier today talking, you know, if the strategy is all automotive, then maybe those guys get lost in the bigger picture of trying to get the connected car and they end up getting sold out. I think that they'll, I think Samsung doesn't know what they have quite yet, but once they see the value of those other brands, I don't think they would ditch them. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go back to George's comment earlier is that there's no reason for them not to apply all the synergy and forward motion that they're going to do in the auto industry to the AV industry. I, I don't understand why there would be a hesitation. I mean, again, we have the same problems that people have, you know, when they get in a car. We have meeting needs, we have scheduling needs, we need all kinds of things. So it's the same problem. They're just taking it and applying it to a car. They shouldn't just, they're not going to disband in our industry because of that. I, I think Samsung wants to own the pocket. You know, if, if you're going to an ambient user experience and true ubiquity, then you have to own the pocket. You walk into a room and that whatever's in your pocket, your device or your wearable or whatever that happens to be, right. needs to now automatically start inter interfacing with that environment, whether it be your work environment, your home or your car. I, and if I, they I, want to own all three, they shouldn't sell any of the commercial stuff. I, I agree with you. You know, I think that we keep pointing to the device and I think, you know, David, you said this before, you know, it's not just the phone. It could be the sweater that you're wearing. And I'm wearing a fine sweater tonight. So just you just want to connect this to the Internet. Yeah, I, I, I also think that that if, <clears throat> if you ever go to any of Samsung's press conferences, that you'll see that <clears throat> they'll be talking about displays and ecosystems and phones and refrigerators and washing machines and blenders, the, the diversity of their product portfolio is not something that's ever scared them off from anything. So I'm not necessarily uh, uh, of the opinion that they're going to spin off this little piece that isn't automotive right now. I think that anything that they can bring under the umbrella is great. And I'm buoyed by the fact that, you know, obviously the deal's not going to close overnight. Um, and they, they're talking about operating Harman um, as a separate sub subsidiary, which I think is fine. What we're not saying and what we should be saying as AV people is, you know, Harman is probably overdue to rebrand their technology group in the AV space as opposed to being all of those different brands and, and modernize it for everybody because, you know, I've, I've read the articles as you guys have, what's happened to AMX, what's going on with JBL, and, you know, if they're right to really have a new message out there around what Harman can bring to the industry, it's something that they haven't done yet. Well, and something to keep in mind is once Samsung is able to put all of this together and have massive instant inroads into automotive, 
they obviously have a very strong platform in mobile. They have a strong platform in the home. They just don't have a ton in the business sector. This gives them all of that. They get pro, they get commercial, they get pretty much almost everything they now have access to by doing this. It, it, it's going to be very interesting to see where they're able to take it. Well, I have a question here, and it's something that Neto and I have talked about extensively, uh, offline mostly, but in some shows. So Samsung is an owner of many technologies. They're not very known for letting independent brands stand on their own. Now, this could be an exception to the rule, and they can find a new business plan, and it might work. But Chris, to you, I'm going to direct this question. Do we think that this means that we're now looking at a world of everything with Samsung inside? Is it, to ask the bigger question, the death of a pro AV line, or am I wrong? Um, I think you're going to start seeing the Samsung inside stuff. Uh, there is, and I'll just take some of the iconic brands that um, that Harman owns. JBL carries a lot more weight in the headphone segment than a Samsung headset. Um, a crown amp is a crown amp, regardless of what it, you know what what you may say commercial versus residential. They can spin that and put crown inside a Samsung tuner for home. I'm not a resi guy, but you know what? I know these things, and I've seen these products out there on the shelves, and these are no joke. I mean, think about what Harmon does in the arena, theater, big venue section, you know, area of this. You know, looking at some of the, um, you know, the investor presentations, you know, they talk about the mobile and that's the obvious. We all know Samsung phones. From there, where do you go? You, you get in your, 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 you're in your home and you got that ecosystem within your home. And then when you get in your car, obviously you're going somewhere. So you may be going to work. But the other piece to this that they put in there and that slide that I found very interesting was the venue side of it. They are going for a complete, if you're in, out, going, and around your house, you now have this bigger, this bigger thing. My, the thing that keeps running through my head is, when was the last time a tech company bought for actual physical hardware tech? Outside of chipset manufacturers, these guys are buying for either for, for brand marketing or for the intellectual properties and patents that come with that stuff, but the physical boxes... They're out, man. They're out. And you're going to see Samsung with crown inside. I, I could definitely see that. Especially, yeah, let's, especially let's point right. out, um, just to adding to your point real quickly, that um, you know, this is what Microsoft paid for Skype for what ultimately turned out to be nothing more than the brand. Oh, and, what did, and what did Apple do to Beats? Yeah, how much, how, how much of this is actually just them trying to garner the patents and, and make sure that they actually, you know, get a stronghold over the marketplace versus them trying to really pursue just the automotive market? I, th I think there's a lot more to this that is not being revealed, is not being talked about, and we're going to have to, you know, see how it unfolds over the course of the next year or so. Yeah. And this is something that we've been talking about for years. Uh on shows and on blogs and stuff like that. The one guy who's upset today, I could tell you, is Tim Albright, who has been waiting for somebody to buy a control company. And it happened not to be Cisco. Again, Tim's, Tim's 
Tim's trying to to get that futurist label on his business card. It's just not working. All right, but no, hold on. Now, now I have to be the contrarian that everybody's angry with again. So I'll I'll, I'll happily wear the hat. No, no not no. you, David. No, I never don't believe you. it. What what makes you think someone. AMX or Harman is a control company? What makes you think Crestron is a control company? These are businesses that have really, for the most part, moved on. The world of putting touch panels in conference rooms is dead. It's over. Now, maybe there's some smart electronics and, 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 and brilliant processing that are still going to take place in the background, but it's really only the integrators, and the, the, the integrators, the smaller businesses in that space that still see AMX and Crestron as, as control system companies. They do other things. I'm going I'm to I'm gonna, I'm gonna join in on that. i got to join on that because we had this conversation earlier, and I'm going to the dark side, I believe, with Mr. Danto. So pull me back through the TV set. No, please speak, John. <laughs> speak. Speak, because I think you and I, I are going to say the same Maybe not. I don't know. The conversation of vendor agnostic approach is coming to us. And again, I think that, you know, today I watched an AV Nation podcast where they're giving away a free license for an Extron control system. It's going to go on some kind of a control panel that anybody can write and take care of their room. So I don't, you know, vendor agnostic approaches and just getting the project done without a name may be our future for the upcoming. Isn't, isn't that what's going on in the video conference world? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, Again, I mean, it's just going to follow suit. I mean, yes, this is, yes. we're, we're kind of used to Yeah, powered by is going powered to be the, yeah, powered by is going to be the underlying comment. You just need to get that experience done. And, you know, Mike, I jumped all over you. Go, brother. No, no, no. I completely agree with you, actually. that I, I, we're, not, we're not escaping completely the fact that there needs to be a customer interface in a room. And whether that's going to be their cell phone or it's going to be, uh, you know, a touch panel, it's still going to require some form of a control system. It's still going to require a powered by, as John said, like, you know, uh, you know, some kind of a backbone. And I think that's very much still going to be very present in, uh, in the Having worked at a major manufacturer for some time, I remember when the iPads came out. I remember when we had other systems sort of saying they could do these things off of a mobile device. And the answer for that many manufacturer to the press was, it's a good thing we're no longer a control system and touch panel major company. Yes. Uh, to Melissa, I, who's been quiet up until this point, Melissa, recently you talked about, on an MHO show, about the Microsoft Ignite show. And I think this centers around a lot of the things we're talking about here. I'd love to hear your commentary on how that ties into what you saw during that event. You know, the Microsoft Ignite show was um, vastly different from what I'm used to with the Infocom shows or with our technology shows. Um, it is all software. It is small booths. It's very little hardware or product to put your hands on. Um, my concern here is, is that we are a very small segment of this industry overall. Um, obviously, when Harman can be called an auto parts company on mainstream TV, that's, that's a little alarming. So seeing where they're going to go with this, I think you've got a lot of brands. I, I hope that they can corral them all in. I hope that they can market these and get some direction. But if they don't, this could be a, an interesting way for them to, to move forward in the industry. So um, I think we're probably going to see more and more of what we saw at Ignite, of the shrinking down of the hardware 
and everything now is about the software. This is, this is something that I'm passionate about, Melissa, too, and I think you're right. I mean, we have to boil down our systems to minimum components. There's, there's something that's going to power the sp a speaker. There's a microphone. There's a speaker. There's a camera. There's some type of display. Everything else is soft. Uh, yeah. it, I mean, we, we have to be able to move air and show pixels. Those are the two things we have to be able to do, and we have to have some infrastructure, whether that be wireless or wired, in order to move signals from A to B. And that's all we really need. And the more of the intermediary stuff we can get out of way, I mean, as, as pretty as a CP3E is, um, you know, it's not something that's necessary to control things anymore. So and my, my challenge to that, Mark, is, you know, that I agree. How are we going to do it, right? I mean, if we get back to the brass tacks of it, that requires some serious bandwidth, a lot of power in the Wi-Fi. Where is all this infrastructure going to come from? Yeah. Uh, amen from the, the back to the church. And that's, <laughs> I got, I, you know, the, the issues are is that a lot of this technology is cool, but our infrastructure is not ready for some of this. You know, the, converse, the conversation is there, but I don't believe the infrastructure is. No, and if you take you a know, look my... at something like Screen Futures by, you know, uh, Brian David Johnson, that, that's the main thing they talk about. And this is what you're seeing with Time Warner Cable and all these guys right now in implementing their one terabyte limits on TV and data and all those things that are going on. So the infrastructure is not there and that we actually have to charge money to build it. And the more people that start getting on it, then the more it is. But, but uh, we have a lot of kickback right now. And the more people that start cutting cords and stuff like that, the less, you know, kind of the less momentum we, we have to building that in the first place. Harvard Business, Harvard Business Review had a great article. And it was one that I, that I kind of read just based upon the fact we're talking about IoT. Uh, there are things that are not ready for uh, prime time. And, and I, I got to tell you, since Saturday night, I get excited about everything. Uh, and, and there's a reason for it. Uh, this is, uh, while this is an interesting conversation, I'm not worried about this future from, you know, in Harmer's decision to do this. I don't think it's going to have that dramatic of an impact. It'll take six months for it to close, another year and a half for them to figure out what they're going to tell us after that. Well, and, and the big thing to keep in mind is the only reason we're so concerned with the the Harmon AV side of this is because this is the industry in which we are in. This is where we make our money. The rest of the world, the general populace, has no idea that Harmon right. makes lights, speakers, ESS processors. Processors, you did hear that correctly. <laughs> um, everything else, no I'm one so cares confused. about this. What? And, and this is, you know, going back to Melissa's point about how dare they call it a, a car company. That's what they do. They're, you know, it, it's what? $3 billion of their uh, bottom line comes from automotive alone. Yeah, that was last to, year. Yeah, compared 20, to everything else they're doing. They have 20, so apparent, according to one of the reports, they have $24 billion in backlogs for the automotive industry yes. as of wow. the end of June. Wow. Yes. Yeah. This conversation is a bit rich for us when you start Mo talking. Most of your most of your clientele, and heck, even most of our customers, they know Harman because the Harman Kardon speaker is mm -hmm. in their dash. They know Harman because their dad had a receiver. They don't know the company the way we know the company, which is why we get all concerned that they're going to come in and, and strip the company apart. Where this makes, and again, to me, where this makes the biggest play 
is you now have Samsung having access to all this stuff and all this technology that can now go into everything else that Samsung does. I can't wait to go buy a Samsung soundbar with a TV that has some BSS processing in it. That would make me very happy because their but stuff is not so great. I agree that we haven't seen Harman integrate the product lines they have. So do we believe Samsung, who, by the way, you know, had a little problem with phones hey, recently? Here's a, here's a second amen. There's a second amen from the back of the church. One more. And you, you, and I, I didn't and, say I want their phones. And you get the big prize. And I know you guys don't know this, but they also have a problem with their washing machines. Yeah, they, they blow the lids off, right? So... Yeah, they explode. Just small See, little issue. See, it's a perfect fit, though. JBL blows the doors open. Melissa, I, just, I, I agree with you so, so wholeheartedly. I, they have not been able to explain exactly what they did a year and a half ago to us. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. So, and well, one, of the, one of the articles about Samsung said that, you know, this is a new move by the son of, of, the, of the head of Samsung. He just got put on the board. This was his big move, largest acquisition overseas that they've done. Um, but one of the things they said is they did this as a way to look forward past phones. I had a phone line. I think they're worried about, um, are you going to buy their little microprocessors? Because that's what they do well. And they may shed the rest of it and let the rest of the world buy their processors. So, so the question then becomes, are they doing this because of the PR nightmare that they've had over the last uh, couple months? Are they, Chris, I see you shaking your head. Like, I mean, you, you don't think it has anything to do with that? No. I'm, listen, we're talking with bees and our eyes are open, wide open, because we're talking with billions. Oh, that is lunch money to them. You don't go out and spend $8 billion to, fi to fix that problem. You went out and bought this for intellectual properties. And I'm going to be the patents. bearer of bad news. Patents, specifically. Patents. You're saying yes, patents, specifically right? Specifically patents. Now, I'm going to be the big rain cloud on this whole story. The more that these guys get into our stuff, they have the phones, they have this, they have that. You know where this conversation is going to go next. Who's carrying this data? What are they going to do with our data? Is it going to be safe? And holy crap. <laughs> What is the value of that? Can you put a number on that, David? Can you put a number on 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 the value of the data that's going to be extracted out of this? Most I wouldn't even try, but I would tell you that you know the 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 old expression is that if the product is free, you're the product. So you know we're we're, we're using uh, uh, the, the 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 Google uh, Hangouts and chats tonight. You know, guess who's making the money off of this data? So it, it I think we're looking at this in the wrong way. I mean, honestly. The, 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 we're looking at an industry from the bottom up, from where we've been. They're looking at it as an industry from, you know, looking into the sky and seeing, you know, they've already admitted the fact that cars aren't going to have drivers anymore because insurance rates um, for driver cars as opposed to um, autonomous cars are going to be three, four times as much. They've already assumed that there's going to be artificial intelligence running every aspect of our electronics and our lives. These, to the to the to the technology sector and the and and the the consumer electronics industry, this is a given. It's only a matter of watching the clock and seeing it run itself out. This is a deal not about components or brands. This is a deal about who is going to manage this artificial intelligence. Who you know who's who's going to whose chips are going to be in. Who's going to be able to own the ecosystem from from Watson 
to the car company, to, to the technology. That's really what this is all about. And that's why there's so much synergy. We don't see it in the products they have out today because it's not about the products they have out today. So, so when does Schwarzenegger shows up, show up? <laughs> apparently, the at the same You're time, going there. <laughs> apparently at the same time as the, uh, the Klingons come back to Danto's house where he's got the Klingon symbol hanging over his shoulder. I'm just saying, but you're, 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 you're right. God, man, that's two people that are now agreeing with David Danto, which we said we wouldn't, but yeah. Don't, don't you guys remember signing the forms at the start of the show? <laughs> we try. Weren't allowed. <laughs> Converting so, us one by one, this is bad. Elon Musk wants to give us all a universal in income, so we don't have to worry about you know we don't have to worry about our jobs in pro AV anymore. No, 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 Trump, Trump's I'm not going to fight that at all. No, that. <laughs> well, let's not start politics. That's a bad precedent. Yeah. So, yeah. so here's the question. let me ask you a quick question though, because we've talked about the companies being held together in an ecosystem, but. What happens if they actually decided that's that small, tiny sliver, that little, tiny sliver that that pro-AV, commercial AV market really represents the Samsung is better spun off? That's that's I think that's the topic of conversation that's heavy within the industry is is, you know, what happens to JBL? What happens to BSS? What happens to SVSI? What happens to AMX? You know, I, I think it, it, it could be good or bad. It really comes down to uh, what they decide to do with it. If they're smart, then they hang on to it and they help to grow it by infusing capital into those brands and, and get it to uh, to take off and, and get even bigger than they ever have. But there's a possibility where they say, you know what, we bought you for the patents and we don't need you. You know, we don't we don't need those brands. We, we have no desire to get into audio. We have no desire to get into lighting. Well, that's that's going to be, you know, something interesting to see over the course of the next two years, in my opinion. I think you have to look at it in the opposite direction. I think you have to look at it not that um, Samsung may want to shed the little brands that are in the AV conference room. I think you might want to look at it like Samsung wants to put the AI expertise into all the conference rooms. And now they've got a much bigger market in which to put in their technology and their voice control and everything else that's going on. Yeah. yeah. Who, who was who were the crazy ones a couple of years ago when we started talking about wearables coming into conference rooms? Right. Uh, we were we were for talking about it, not the people sitting in the audiences when we were saying uh, big data is coming, wearable devices are going to be part of it. If not wearables, nearables. If not nearables, this, that, and the other thing. We were basically we were basically doing was blueprinting the the, the death of the control system. Yeah, okay. it's, and, it's great point, Chris. The, great point, Chris. And and as anything else that we like, such as Mark said, it's the ubiquity. It's you know from from a conference room perspective because that's where we are. We are all in that space. Um, the zero touch, the one button touch, has been the goal of everybody who has ever walked into anything that is either commercial or Matt can attest to on the residential side. It's, you know why? Why is Alexa even uh, right. uh, being considered in this space? Yeah, there's no. It's going to be no touch. I mean, again, if it's a wearable, it's going to know who you are, why you're there, what you want to accomplish, and it'll be able to serve up the media that you need to. Yep. I mean, that's 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 where it's headed. Um, well, at least you know, I, I probably won't be around for it, for God's sakes. But you know, it's 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 absolutely part of the conversation. I. I it, uh, George asked a question, and Melissa wrote a good article. What happened to our AV industry? I, I think that that's that's a critical one. I think that we need to throw elbows and show our value 
because again, we have a wealthy industry that has years of experience and knowledge to bring this stuff together. Whether it's software, or whether it's AI, or whether it's IoT, we know what to do with it, but it's got to come together to a space. So I, I think that we got to throw a little bit of elbows. Well, Don, I'm going to be. I have to be a little bit of a contrarian over there. Please, I think. Please. I think no. We honestly are too close to this industry. We've never seen it from forest for the trees. I, I, I think you heard me say this last week when we were together. Right. For years, we built these rooms for us. We built them like we were the ones using the control. So it had to be able to do everything and be everything and be perfect. And we never realized that we needed to build these rooms for the typical user who doesn't want to even touch the stuff. Yeah, but I'm not, I, David, and I think that you and I agreed last week. I don't think I'm raging against the storm. I think that these are the type of things that actually make a step back. And if it doesn't make you step back, you are going to get run over. I really do. I think that the end users are going to basically come to us and they're demanding this. They've been demanding it for the past couple of years. Yeah, so but I, I, don't think, I don't think we disagree. At the same time, I agree with both of you. And I think you also need to recognize that the generation difference in terms of what users and users want in terms of a control interface is changing every day. And we're starting to learn that maybe the millennials don't want to inter interact with a control system the way that, you know, the baby boomers did. That they I don't. Mike, I don't want to interface with it. The damn things never work for me. You know what I mean? I'm an old but guy. But you're it's just a, a millennial. Yeah, that's yeah, well, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah but John, it's a, it's a Twitter. But again, you walk into these control systems, and as an old guy, you go, "I just want to do this." Just pull the battery <laughs> out and then plug it back in, and maybe it'll be set. Apart. And Point. don't tell it's me done. I have a, I didn't do that three or four times today when my internet went out. See, so John, now you're talking like a bicentennial, not a millennial. <laughs> 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 Just want to point the, that out. Go ahead, Melissa. From the educational side, I think, you know, I've got, I'm married to this old guy who's been in the industry a long time and, and can, has been a programmer for a long time. I now have a super simple plug it in. It's supposed to work. It took three days to get a mute button. I think the bottom line is, as much as we want to be able to walk in the room, be recognized and do no touch, there's a place for all of us in the industry that we've got to educate ourselves and become better. Oh, you're breaking up. Uh-oh. A lot of work that goes on to make that no touch, recognize me and make me work. There's a lot of work that has to go on behind the scenes. But if, but here's, here's an interesting topic. Okay, so what, we just put together a large Samsung company that has connectivity and all kinds of IoT and AI. You're going to hand me a phone. I'm going to customize the way I want to receive my media. Okay, that device is just an interface so that as I walk into the room, I'm the one doing the work. The AV integrator is not necessarily doing the work. Okay, I, I tell but everybody, this is, this is what I want to happen when I walk into a room. Besides the trumpets blaring, I would like people to stand. That type of approach is, is that I'm running the control system. I'm running what the need is. That's what I think is going to be. I think that's the change. I think that's what's going to happen when you have, you know, you have the powerhouse of the electronics of companies like Samsung and, and, and Harman coming together. Yeah, and I to take that a, a step further and, you know, talking about ambient user experience and just devices in general, you know, it's no longer even going to be tied to a personal device. I mean, you're going to have a token on your body. You're going to have right. a ring. And when you pick up a touch panel, your interface comes up on it. Right. Your SIM, your SIM data is in it. You can call your contacts. It's all in the device. When you put the device down, the device is dead. It's dumb. Somebody else picks it up and it's their device. 
And that's, and that profile is going to stick with you. And that's really where we're moving towards are these individual profiles that transfer across technologies with uh, a profile that you've got set up for yourself that you control, like you said, John, that you set up. And these well, are the things I want to see. I, I like the old touch panel. I like a volume button. Somebody else is going to come in and say, I want to talk to it, right? And depending on who walks in the room, that's how it's going to work. Um, but it's someone's going to have to make sure, sure it works. Where, yeah, this gets interesting, sure it works. Sure. where this gets interesting, though, is if Samsung coming into a space like this brings the AI that means that it doesn't need to be programmed. Once the AI is smart enough so that all of us that make money programming no longer exist because, Melissa, you made the perfect point. When it takes three days to get the programmer out or to get through their backlog to put that mute button in, and please, none of you mention this to my wife or I will be programming my house for days. Um, once we're to the point where the AI is smart enough to understand how to do this for us, that's when we'll hit the, you know, the true IoT, the true connection uh, in the space. I got, I got killed a, a couple months ago when Microsoft bought LinkedIn and I said that was a visionary purchase. And the reason for that is, in my opinion, it goes right along with this right now, is that Microsoft now owns a database of 433 million people or whatever it might be, all who do their own resumes and do all their updating of their own information and make it available to Microsoft to use. Can what's good, What's going to stop you from using your phone to give them the information? I want the room to be loud. <laughs> okay, but what happens? <laughs> That's because John can't hear anymore. What I happens want, when I this want goes trumpets. <laughs> what happens when the decisions all start being made for us? Do we truly become, Do are we evolving so that we free our minds for bigger things? <clears throat> Well, Tesla's got or the idea. We, Everybody gets a check and does nothing. Does. I'm all for that. Hey, <laughs> sign me up. The, the only problem with that is somebody's got to make the money. Hey, to connect um, Melissa's points and, and one of the things that David said, I would say, you know, David said that we're stuck in this view that we're on the bottom looking up and that we're concerned with things or we're, we have a perspective that's not mirrored by the people who are at the top looking down. I would argue that that's also an asset based on what Melissa said, because a lot of people think these things are easy to link together and the people in this industry know that it's not. We're the ones from the bottom up that know how hard it is actually to get all these things to work together. And it's really nice in theory and on a piece of paper and the guys who write the HDMI spec and HDCP think it's all going to be nice and fun. And every, you know, everybody's going to get all the video that they want to get. I know I see Chris laughing. He knows I threw HDMI under the bus. In the um, but we know it doesn't work. And yeah. so, you know, although we want to say these guys want to go, oh, you know, Moore's law, computer power doubles every X, Y, Z. Well, great. I can put 15 engineers in a room and I got 15 times the brain power. But if everybody thinks the same, no new stuff is coming out of that room. It doesn't matter. I have 15 times the power. I need people that understand what needs to be done in order to make it happen. Well, and I think, you know, that's our opportunity. The problem is we just have to make sure that we're focusing on what they want us to do and not what, what we want to do based on what we've been doing for the last 20 years. You guys keep forcing me to be the contrarian. I'll keep being the contrarian. Um, I don't disagree with the fact that there's some basic human factors that no other industry gets as well as ours. You know, the, how well you can see, how well you can hear, the concept of, of, of your analog human interface. And that's a specialty that I don't think we'll ever lose. But honestly, if you really read the tea leaves of what's out there right now, people don't want 
5, 10, 15, 20 component systems anymore, if they can at all avoid it, you still have to put it in an auditorium. You still have to put it in a stadium. But you know what? They're more than happy to go to the Microsofts or the Cisco's or whoever in the world. And, you know, who's not to say not go to the Harmon in the world and buy the one thing that you drop in the room. And you don't have to deal with any of those wires or intricacies or any of those understandings. And Donto, it, Donto. No, no, wait. No, there's a good, there's a, there's a, there's a shining outcome here. Um, so, so I don't think the future of the AV integration industry is this complex integration. I think the future of the AV industry is is making us secure from this stuff, which is what nobody's been talking about for the longest time. When you have all these IoT devices, when you have all the, the malware that's out there, when you have all these systems, God, companies that don't have any budget to, to, to pay for AV rooms and systems will find money if you can go in there quarterly and patch their systems for them and still have them work without having to do staging again. That's where we'll all be making our money in the future if we're smart or unless we've sold out to one of the three or four big and growing integrators that are willing to take on the burden. David, you, you, you threw down the banana on the floor and I'm just gonna keep on slipping on this one because one of the things that we as an industry do so very bad is implement standards. We will tell you that we can do it. We will tell you that there's gonna be it. It doesn't, we never standardize on anything. Look how many companies are out there right now tripping over their own <clears throat> with trying to do standards upon standards and video over IP and audio over IP. And now this is my cooked up version of it. And you know what? None of that gels. You know, uh, one of the things that I think George brought up in a recent uh, show was about the telecom industry and how, I mean, God, telecom took forever to finally just to to figure out how to make calls connect. Uh, and it took them a very long time. We're well, they did it under a monopoly before Judge Green broke up the bell system. Sorry, John, I don't know if there's any relation there, but but everything <laughs> we dial with phones was done um, under a monopoly. And the so, reason why it doesn't work that way now is because everybody's fighting with each other. So we need so we need Samsung to monopolize this whole thing, and then that's exactly out. right, Chris. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what needs to happen. We need we need the monopolies to come back to actually fix the whole problem. This has officially become the most depressing show. <laughs> we have now stated that the future is dark, it is grim. AI will take over, and we need to be monopolized by this big company in order for us to succeed as an industry. <laughs> You know what, guys? I'm gonna go jump off a bridge. Uh, I don't know like. <laughs> I'm impressed. That, I'm impressed, Chris, that you actually maintained an internet connection this entire time. <laughs> oh, it's because the the powers that be above me haven't shut it off yet. Well, what Chris basically has said is that all restaurants are Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was thinking just that. You know, hey, demolition man, let's go we for are, it. We are done. I've been saying it for years. All restaurants are Taco Bell. I, now that I've got control of the mic and the conversation has somewhat abated, we do have to end it because we have a time limit on this. I want to thank all of my guests for discussing this remarkable purchase that's happened in our AV world. Uh, we'll probably do more on this, of course, soon. I want to thank my guests in running order here, my left to my right, so we can do it right. It is Chris Netto. Thank you very much, sir. Where can they find out more about you? You can find me at avhelpdesk.com. It's the company I work for. On Twitter, you can find me at, at Chris underscore Netto. And you can find that just about anywhere. And he's Thanks, the George. host of the MHO Show. One of the hosts of the MHO Show. Mr. David Danto, thank you very much, sir. Where can we find out more about you? Uh, you can type my name into any browser on the planet, danto.info, and it's more information than even my family wants to see. Well, there you <laughs> Pleasure go. being here. Thank you very much, sir. 
And Mr. John Green, thank you very much, sir. Where can we find out more about you? Uh, working at advancedav.com. And I'm always find my opinion at J Green with an E, S-I-X. Thank you very much, sir. Melissa Dillman, one of the other co-hosts of the MHO Show. Where can they find out more about you? Hey, you know, you can find me on Twitter at Melissa-Dillman. Um, and you can find me at all 4 com. Cool. Mr. Mark Coxon, thank you very much, sir, for coming on. Where can they find out more about you? Um, well, none of the traditional source. I don't want people to know too much about me, but they, if they want to follow <laughs> me on Twitter, they can go to at uh, AV is in audio video phenom, P-H-E-N-O-M. Very cool. And Mr. Matt Scott, where else can they find you? Host of the Resi Week. You can find me here on avnation.tv or mattdscott.com, omega.video.com. Pretty much plug either one of those two anywhere and I shall appear. All right, and moving on, finally, <laughs> Mr. Shin, also a host of the MHO show here on Aviation. Sir, where can they find out more about you? Uh, you can find me at AXP Mike and on Twitter and uh, also everywhere else in the uh, social media world. And I uh, look forward to touching base with anybody that wants to. <laughs> All right. And if you need to find me, I'm at Tucker Twos, and I will be soon be broadcasting from Malmo, Sweden. So, for Aviation and all of our hosts, I want to thank you for watching this rather robust conversation. You can find out more about this and other Aviation shows at avnation.tv. And while you're there, please, we are supported by not just you, but our underwriters. We have an underwriter page, and they keep the lights on for us, so please take a visit. And if you get a chance, thank them for doing so. I'm sure they'll be lovely to hear from you. For Aviation and all of my guests, I want to thank you again for watching. This has been an Aviation special.